Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Unmuted Podcast. I'm Trent Kugler, CATF's Production Manager, and as always, I'm sitting next to Gabby Tokach, our Public Relations Manager. Thank you, Trent, and hello, friends. Today, we are going to hear from Chisa Hutchinson, the playwright of Whitelisted, which is extremely appropriate for the spooky season that is upon us, and I love a good spooky season. Chisa is no stranger to CATF. She's been here before with her plays Dead and Breathing in 2014 and The Wedding Gift in 2016. For those of you who saw both, I'm not sure that they could be more different, but I'm sure you would agree they were all excellent and hilarious. And before we pass you over to Chisa and David, uh, remember David is a CATF trustee and he is also a professional director and actor. We would like to thank Nancy and Carrie Feldman, who are the play sponsors of Whitelisted. And Nancy is also a CATF trustee. Nancy and Carrie, thank you so much for helping us bring this extraordinary show to life. It literally could not have happened without you. Yes, thank you both. And now, please enjoy David's interview with Chisa Hutchinson. Hello and welcome. My name is David Emerson Tony, and I am a member of the board here at the festival. Today, we are fortunate to have Chisa Hutchinson, a prolific and very talented playwright. Yes, you are, man. Um, and her play is in this 2022 season. Uh, Chisa, welcome to you, and thanks so much about being so much for being here and. Uh, Name of this terrific, scared the heck out of me play is whitelisted. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the play in a second. But first of all, before we start, maybe you could tell the people who are listening something about yourself, where you're from. Sure thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I'm in Newark, New Jersey, which if you know anything about New Jersey, you know is like, uh, well, was anyway, like the Compton of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like getting pretty gentrified. Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, have some uh, feelings about being one of the gentrifiers, but it, at least I'm a native. <laughs> so, right, right, right. That, at least uh, you speak the language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, here I am. I'm in I'm in New Jersey. Um, so let's see what else can I tell you about me. Uh, I was there in Shepherdstown for a while for rehearsals for the play, which yeah. was really exciting. It was um, really the first time that I could actually be around for like a, most of the rehearsals, which was um, which was cool. Uh, so you weren't able to be there for the wedding gift? Or, well, um, I think I couldn't because I was day jobbing it real hard. And then, right. uh, uh, and then the the next one, which was 2016, was the year um, I had a my my wedding was that summer. So, <laughs> um, and then you know I went on my honeymoon, and you know we <laughs> got back from the honeymoon. I was in rehearsals. And, um, Your glass was full. <laughs> yeah, you know, you gotta squeeze it in in the summer. Isn't oh it? yeah, yeah, all, yeah sure. I also teach, um, so the school year, you know, the the students take precedence. But um, yeah, so I always wind up sort of squeezing everything in between mm-hmm. June, and September. <laughs> 
So let me ask you, yeah, uh, the, the idea for whitelisted, did it come from where you live now and work? Is that, I mean, we all understand as black people what identification means, but where did the idea come from for you? Uh, mostly it came from, uh, there was a rash of, I mean, for shorthand, I'm going to call it Karening, um, okay. rash of Karening that was happening, um, across this great land um mm -hmm. when i wrote i want to say 20 when did i start writing this 2017 2018 somewhere in there i think it was 2018 um and mm -hmm. it was where um amy cooper the woman in central mm -hmm. park who was walking yeah, yeah uh, with, he was uh, bird watching and yeah there was a gentleman who was who was bird watching in central park and um you know told her hey you know your dog is off the leash you you really should have your dog on the leash that's you know mm -hmm. posted everywhere that's yeah yeah sure um and she you know was feeling feeling a type of way about <laughs> what to do with her dog and so she <laughs> got it. um and yeah i mean it got to the point where she threatened to call the cops on him even though he yeah yes doing anything but telling her what the law was and um yeah it was interesting to watch the video of that because she went from being the very sort of threatening and smug and confrontational with this man mm -hmm. soon as the the 911 operator answered she flipped the, like she flipped the switch and yeah yeah. Years and was very sort of, you know, oh, I feel so threatened. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was such, I was like, oh, wow, girl, you got, that's Academy Award winning yeah. performance right there. So it just made me think about the dynamics um, that are at work, even in a super progressive place like New York City, right? I mean, it's one of the most. Mm -hmm liberal places on the planet right um right sure they'll have these attitudes and these encounters you know between white folks and and black folks that are tinged um and you know sort of informed by a history of supremacy in this you know and right. it, it uh it's very unsettling to watch because you can fool yourself as a person of color into thinking that because you live in one such place, right? Right. Um, that I got saying, a job. People know me. Yeah, um, you know, I got two degrees. I, you know, I've, yeah. whatever it was, you know, I had yeah, a, yeah. one of my mentors, good grief, you know, two-time Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, you know, she still gets pulled over for absolutely no reason when she's driving around in mm -hmm. Oregon. So it's like, oh, like there's really yeah. no place for us to just be safe and that, that saddens me. So that's where the play came from was just this feeling of, man, even here, like even at home, like I can't even yeah. I can't just be at home, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. thing that struck me about uh, that Karen is that how she knew exactly what to do. Yeah. What was it's her defense? It's, thing. it's yeah. like 
own deep blood, deep thing with, yeah. with it, she didn't even realize, I don't think the implications of what she was doing when she was doing it. She, it was just, it's amazing to me how you just snap into that role, how you can just, yeah. you know, it's blood deep for that tool without even realizing, you know, right. or you bludgeon someone with it. Right. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, um, Ah, it really, um, again, when you've got folks who think they're woke or who think, you know, well, I voted for yeah, sure. and mm -hmm. I did, you know, uh, when you've got those folks who, because they have all these sort of outward markers of someone who is, um, you know, respectful of diversity and inclusion, blah, blah, blah. They have all the right, all the right jargon. Mm -hmm who can do that, who can just yeah. snap, you know, in a very sort of visceral reflexive way, who can just snap into that, into that right. supremacist role, right? right? It, right. Without realizing that they're doing it. So you can't even, right. you can't even tell them about themselves, right? Because, because they voted for Obama, right? So it's like, right. It's very frustrating, like, you know, coexisting in, in spaces with folks like that, because they're, the lack of self-awareness um, makes it very difficult to have any sort of meaningful um, and constructive dialogue. Yeah. Around, right? yeah, I mean, when I saw it, I thought of all the Black men who had died because of that moment, mm. you know, just countless, countless. And um, uh, anyway, uh, not anyway, but adding to, um, I love this play. It scared the bejesus out of me. And well, one of the things that, I, that, that struck me right from the very first monologue was your use of rhythm and how, at least for me, how the, the rhythm was scary. Hmm. Like it was like I quickly I didn't know if I was in the play or watching the play hmm. because of a rhythm that was speaking to me. I know something bad is going to happen just from the rhythm of it, and and I th that's what I'm, I mean to say is that um, uh, the mother. Um, hmm. I didn't know if she was reality and the people she was talking to were out of reality. Mm. That's what it felt like. And um, and so and so it did with uh, the main character during the play. I don't want to, I'm saying, I'm talking like around it because it's so, such a thriller. I'm going, uh, I can't say that. Should I say somebody's name? I don't know, <laughs> you know. Wait, um, the to talk about because there are so many uh, well, twists or, uh, yeah, reveals or what have you. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Thing, oh. but uh, you know, you want to talk about it. Um, yeah, man, that that experience of being in the play while watching the play. Um, right. I hope. I hope everybody has that to some degree because it. Right. Uh, yeah, because I really want everyone to see something of themselves in. in right. It, of the characters right and it may not be the one that you think you know right um, 
you might relate to a character that you hate, you know? Right, right, right. In which case, you know, quietly investigate that in your private time. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I just, <laughs> the reviews are like coming out for this play and they're, you know, pretty positive for the most part. There was one. <laughs> which kind of cracked me up and I was just like oh there was one that was like well I just feel like the and again without getting to, into the specifics of, of right 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 I just felt mm -hmm. like it was uh you know maybe basically like the punishment for this woman's transgressions didn't like didn't quite fit her her crime and I was like, oh, oh, you believe in fair punishment. Oh, that's so cute. You know, like that's. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, sure. like quaint notion, like how, oh, like, so let me get <laughs> a play that, you know, is investigating how the anti-Black sentiment and how anti-Black sentiment permeates, you know, the criminal justice and, you know, social issue the, the way oh yeah sure black uh, folks a black man has a joint and goes to jail for 25 years and the same white yeah. man gets a here's a ticket go home yeah so yeah. you want me the black playwright to then apply fairness right in a play like that's you you might be missing the point just a little bit <laughs> but um but yeah, it's it's so interesting to see how white folks receive this play because they do tend to, um, I don't know, they do tend to apply the rules that apply to themselves, right? right. They All of a sudden, those rules should apply to Black people, right? And it's like, yes, that's... Yes, <laughs> like that's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like we we would not be in this place where I would need to be writing such a play. If, if right, right, sure. Um, so it's 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 very interesting to me, um, to see to see white folks sort of grappling with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean the the thing about. And I found one of the themes about who is actually insane. Mm. That's about being in the world and out of the world. And, and how, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you, I'm sure as a Black person, an artist, you have been in that situation where something happens that is a power, uh, for lack of a better word, stab from the white power structure. And you think this is crazy. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so that, that that's what I got in 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 I'm talking around it again. Um in where she lived, that maybe she was the crazy one. And as it went along, she it was more of a realization of who she actually was. Mm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Is that so far wrong? Do you think that's wrong or not so much? Or? is at all and i think um that i mean look at what 
I mean, not for nothing, but like, look at what's happening with, you know, that last guy who occupied the former occupant of the White House. Right. I mean, yeah. His idea of reality is just baby warped. Um, but he's managed to get everybody else, well, a, a, a good third of the country on board with his version of reality. Um, you know what I discovered? That he has one phrase that he repeats over again. You know this. Mm. You know this. And, mm. and, 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 and so when people say, yes, I, because people always want to be smart. Mm. So they go, yes, I do know that. Even if they don't know if they're agreeing to. It's mm. mm. so that was his hypnotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like lots of folks have been hypnotized into, I don't know, into ignore, or maybe it just doesn't matter. What <laughs> maybe you know, their version of reality is the only version that matters, and that's it. well, sure, it, it could be just because. You know, um, he, he just, you can't, I always say, you can't go through a door that's not already there. Mm. And so he just opened the door that was there all the time. It's locked it and said, it's all right, fellas. It's all right. Mm. Um, um, one of the things that I really um, liked about your play, and like is so weak compared to what I felt about it. Um, <laughs> is your use of the shift of blame. Mm. You know, and um, I'm a great believer in myth. And um, one of the things about the main character is in a way she, um, she was living out uh, because the, the stakes are so high, almost like it's a Greek tragedy. And, and then like in Oedipus, Oedipus does one thing where you say, Oh no, he deserves whatever he gets. Yep, yep, yep. Can I ask what that moment was for you when you were like, "Oh, yeah, no, I'm off board with her." Like yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Diego and and um, how when she just tried to treat him so badly that he had to leave. Yep. Because yep. he was yeah. Well, part of that too was that terrific thing you did with the one character to calm him down in his sleep. Because I don't know who he really is until that moment. Because well, uh, it's been my thought in, 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 in plays and whatever. People don't want to be the first one to think something. They want to be the second one. Mm. And, and by her doing what she does for him in his fit, I go, oh, he's a good guy. Otherwise, she wouldn't have given that to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And when a man gets up and talks about his ex-wife the way he talks about her, that's a good guy. Mm -hmm. You just blame me. I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That's so I I, I just felt like oh no, and then she gonna be me for what? What the flip? What the flip? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. There's there are you know it's so funny that you mentioned um, like Oedipus and the Greek tragedies and all that because there I think there is a little bit of like I mean well there's a lot of bit of hubris on her part right like oh yeah sure sure but more than that like oh 
whenever you do read one of those Greek tragedies, there's always at least three different points in the play where things might have turned out differently had someone just made a different choice or realized something about themselves or, you know, like something, oh, if only you had, yeah. oh. There's always those points that you can, you know, that you can point to and say and see. And if you had just made a different choice there, things would have turned out differently. Yeah. It's the uh, same. Sure. It's the yeah. same. Yeah. You know, where there are all these moments where that are just ripe with potential for redemption, right? That she doesn't, right. even, she just squashes them like a bug and moves on, you know. Um, there's no even awareness on her part for the need for her redemption right there's no there's no acknowledgement of you know the the consequences of attitudes like hers um right. which actually is why i think the the what happens to her is right 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 but yeah it's um <laughs> there, there are definitely those frustrating moments i think for at least for folks who recognize the, the, the implications of the, you know, the, who recognize those as crossroads, right. moments, you know, yes. who, oh, she can make a choice. She can make a choice. Oh, right. She made, right. Like you, you, I think the implications of the choices that she makes in those moments hit some people harder than, yeah. other, you know what I mean? Um, right. So that by the time we get to the end, I feel like, maybe half the audience is experiencing it one way and half the audience is experiencing oh, yeah, that, that's, that's good stuff. That's good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, it's like, oh, one thing I got from our conversations later on with Jake uh, Owen herself, I don't even say her name, <laughs> is that you see from Diego's speech about his wife that he can see the world not in relationship to himself. And I think that's the difference. She can't world not in relationship to herself. So mm. then empathy and sympathy or compassion become impossible because you can't see what's going on yeah. in front of you. Yeah. That makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. And I think what I think what people some people fail to realize is yeah. the is the usefulness of empathy. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna get real Machiavellian on you for a second. Okay. Because Right, sure. like there are selfish uses for empathy you know yeah. um, there like i think all the time i'm seeing news whatever some company is being boycotted because they clearly had no black people on their staff to let them know that a choice that they were going to make for an ad ad campaign was going mm -hmm. to like basically the entire black community right like so then they're that affects their bottom line right you know sure sure uh, about like uh nike mm -hmm. nike um who <laughs> you know when colin kaepernick was under fire for kneeling you know right. they you know what we're gonna we're gonna offer him a, a contract yeah we're gonna offer him a contract like we're gonna we're gonna support yeah and it's not I'm so sure it's it's not necessarily because like yeah they believe in the Black Lives Matter. Oh no no they, <laughs> they have their damn brand is buttered on you know so yeah yeah sure they they know who buys 
Yeah, yeah sure. Right. So yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, they're gonna do what they need to do to protect their bottom line. Um, yeah. But it, it takes empathy. It takes an acknowledgement of someone else's experience of a thing, right? Um, in order to like not wind up alienating yourself from those people to sure. not up, um, you know, making a target of yourself to those people, right? Right, right. I think that, that some people stop short of like, oh, empathy for empathy's sake, or just don't see the usefulness of it as a tool right. to like world, right? Like I think sure. some people just see it as this hippy dippy, lovey dovey, warm and fuzzy, you know, personal principle thing that you can depart right. and, it, and it doesn't really matter but that is really not the case right um no. it's really not i know that um i don't know if you ever saw it there's a commercial with um you know those uh dishwashing things aboard little dishwasher things with little tabs or and some of the, the little packets and multicolored yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um, they're multicolored, and they use them to wash and dishwashing and stuff like that. And because um, I've watched a lot of television, and so especially commercial, because my son does commercials, and so like, oh, they had a thing with that vignette where there was a black woman and her child, and the child reaches for something that will poison him, and they and and there's this overall dialogue, this dialogue about you know, being careful and stuff like that. And they cut away before she catches him. Then they go to a white mother and she catches him. And mm -hmm. says, don't eat that baby. I said, oh, so what you're saying is that black people aren't careful enough. So they don't care about their children. They don't love their children. Otherwise they'd be watching them. Mm -hmm. And then, well, somebody must have said something because like two, three weeks later, I saw the same commercial and they both catch the child. Mm-hmm. See. Interesting. Because somebody said, uh, listen, Bob, I don't think it's gonna work out. Um we have to now, change that. <laughs> now it is always Bob. Why is it always Bob? <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes to but yeah, yeah. I mean, I get there's just so many, there are so many examples of that. There who was it Dove? I think it was yeah. Dove for a minute that had uh, a lotion out that was like, yeah for normal to dark skin. Oh, oh. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Like flesh colored band-aids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like that, or like, I was like, what kind of message is that sending to like dark yeah, skin? Yeah, sure. And then, um, oh, I mean, just so many, oh, just so many. Uh, and it's, it is frustrating. And then, you know, I mean, they, and then they wonder why black people don't rock with their stuff, you know, or, oh man, my husband was so upset because there was a commercial, um, I, and see, I don't even, it's like, you can't like say the woman's name. I don't even remember yeah. the name. Yeah. I don't even remember the brand of the car, but it was, um, a luxury car. I mean, it was like, I don't want right. to, you know, but like BMW or, or Mercedes or something, right. it was those right. and my husband like not for nothing but like he's you know he's a pretty high-ranking engineer he's a chief engineer you know so he yeah he's exactly economically speaking he is mm -hmm. at target audience right um mm -hmm. 
because he's had the BMWs and the, you know, Lexus, whatever, right? So right. He, he's watching this commercial and it's um, this black man who's driving one such vehicle who um, sees that there's a dog on the road just lost and wandering and he picks up the dog and he sees, you know- Oh, I've the- seen that commercial, yeah. I see, yes, yep, yep. You know exactly yeah. what you're talking about because it mm-hmm. probably landed on you the same way it landed on him. The way it yeah. landed on head, which was so funny because I had two entirely separate independent conversations about that very ad, right? Of this black man finding this dog going way out of his way i mean driving far 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 it seemed like it would it felt like like over 200 miles Uh, uh, it felt like 200 miles or something like that yeah like bring this dog to this family this white family and you know he lets the dog and the and the the family is so happy to see their dog literally don't even wave don't invite the man in for coco don't you know don't thank no thank you no nothing Mm -hmm. you know drives off smiling and i'm like okay, <laughs> thank so, you servant of god <laughs> not, but like not even a way <laughs> yeah. literally don't acknowledge him at all yeah. in yeah, I know. the ad and that just that touched a nerve with both my husband and my, it was so funny that like when because my husband brought it up to me first and i was like yeah yeah you know you're right you're right i can see how you would. and then my dad called me up and was like have you seen this ad yeah this is really like clearly hitting a nerve um yeah that was stuff like the same way he totally saw the same they totally saw the same we're totally like so he's just like the the he's not even a person he's just like a servant he's just like a yeah you know like y'all don't even have to acknowledge that this guy has done something kind for you be way beyond what normal people would do. They take them to the pound or call them or something. You come get it. Yeah. But he took the dog. Yeah. Went out of his way, solved their problem. Yeah. They're just so happy yeah. to see their dog. They don't eat, literally don't look up, no wave, no nothing. Just and he just drives off. And um, yeah, I, yeah. I just we're just. Uh, the invisibility of of my people in this country is yeah, just sure. yeah. it's so frustrating. Like the the invisibility, I will say actually, you know what? It's not the invisibility of my people, it's the invisibility of the contributions of my people. Um right. that I find incredibly frustrating. Uh yeah, like no acknowledgement yeah. of humanity, no, you know yeah i'm just gonna take everything that you're offering and not acknowledge that you're the one who's offering it or yeah um entitlement uh the, the way i saw the guy in the car is almost a kind of uh you know the thing uh, of, of seeing black people as the bearers of spiritual connection mm-hmm. and 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 that it's it's this uh but evidence that they own that they feel like they are entitled to so what we give we are compelled to give to them at least they they think they deserve that mm. and so what we are are instruments of god and you don't have to, that's all right thank you you know 
that's why I mean, I mean, that's 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 what I see, and I mean, mm. that's what I think. And then, um, yeah, I talk about invisibility a lot, you know. Anyway, um, what I the last thing I, I wanted to, I mean, I, I know you just said that you weren't able to be there for the first incarnations, and um, oh, I can't remember, I was on, I forgot, uh, uh. Dead and, and living or uh, just breathing, yeah, 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 dead and breathing, baby. <laughs> it was it was terrific. It was terrific. Uh, um, yeah, well, I, I I don't know if there aren't an, um there there aren't enough plays where um you there show the journey of this powerfully intelligent black woman who's dealing with the reality of her own death mm. and uh, I don't think there's enough of that and one of the things that I, I liked about her job is that she didn't worry about what white people did that whole day yep no no that's not a thing do you know what I mean I do I do um and it's funny because like the first I don't know if this is a I went through my my I go through my phases of like okay, oh, yeah yeah sure I try to you know I have this this metaphor that's like you know so it's like somebody handed you a toothpick and told you to chip it away at a mountain right it's like I right, sure and then yeah, we yeah. got racism in america which is just like uh, yeah. mountainous right like how right are we gonna how are we gonna break this down like how yeah. how how can we erode this and um so i i really just try to come at it from like all different kinds of angles and stuff you know so, yeah sure I will write that play that's I mean whitelisted you know where it's like okay yeah, sure. we're gonna like center this white person and we're yeah, going sure. really like interrogate her attitudes on race and you know and all that and we're gonna like deal with it head on right that that's one play yeah. I'm interested in this other kind of play also though right which right right like black people just being people you right. know um well yeah. uh, trying to to parent black people trying to do right by each other uh, right. you know, black people right. you know in their own whatever it is you know like just dealing right. with stuff yeah. you know finding joy in a world that yeah. we're right but like not being yeah. so concerned it's not black people in relation to non-black people right it's it's right. just black people, right? Just, just right. in mm-hmm. the world doing yeah. it. Because it's not like yeah. I wake up and I'm like thinking about myself in relationship to whiteness all the time, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It going on, you know, like I, I so. Some days it's just, baby, wear my shoes. Exactly, right? Or like, <laughs> can you please water the lawn? Like, can you <laughs> Or, you know, just like. Yes, of course stuff right just mm-hmm. stuff um and i i like that approach too it's like um <laughs> like uh you take you take uh the the difference between the, the approaches to activism we'll call it um mm-hmm. which the nina simone approach which yes. is very educational very in your face very i'm gonna put it in a protest song right. i'm gonna put it on this piano you're gonna hear it Right, like that's that's right. her, very direct. And then you got, and then you got like the Nat King Coles, who are like, 
I'm just going to croon my little face off. I'm going to quietly move into this all white neighborhood and you're just going to have to deal with it. You're just going to have to deal with my lovely black family moving into your neighborhood. You're going to have to see us being human and see us watering our lawn and so, you know, like, and and absorb that. Right. And like, and that also has an effect, right. That also, that mountain that also chips away at that mountain right like when you've got when you and i really i firmly believe that you need both of those approaches like i really think and everything in between right like yeah sure that a multiplicity of approaches to to this is is what we need because you can't just there's no way that you can shout like you know we are equal right without it right using that is separating yourself off right it's um, right right identifying yourself as a as a a particular group right um that is separate in a way from everyone else yeah Yeah, well it's like um if i believe you can make me you can't make me equal i am i came out the box way so (laughs) what it is is acknowledging this is your fault. It's not my fault. I did out it. I came box that way. Plastic and you equal. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why we have to go through those different ways because they have their doors shut in different ways. Mm-hmm. Their awareness shut in different ways. Oh, well, what I was going to say is the um, your journey working at CATF. How's it been in general? I know you worked uh, twice with Ed. And he's just, I, I love Ed. And um, man, I wanted to see him so bad this summer. I didn't see him not one bit. And it just made me so sad because that yeah. dude, of course, and I just, I miss him so much. I miss his energy. Um, I hope he hears this. Ed Harrington, you better give me a call. Damn it. <laughs> um, but Peggy, Peggy, she's crushing it. I got to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah been yeah. handling her stuff so graciously it was a, a challenging summer i'll just put it that yeah. way yeah, yeah sure. i'm going on between you know floods in the theater and i mean just, i mean just like all kind of crazy mm-hmm. they had like they had biblical rains yeah in, like yeah. there there was thunderstorms that like shook me to my core okay like that I mean, that kind of thing and seriously the theater flooded and while we were in rehearsal and just stuff like that we lost an actor I mean just just all the things like Murphy's Law was a full effect um and she just stayed her resourceful resilient self um and was just in problem solver mode all the time and I really I really admire um you know, how she's handled herself. I know she had to make some really tough decisions. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it's so, it's, it has been a journey. It, it yeah. hasn't out its, you know, potholes. But, um, but yeah, I, I really think that, um, you know, the leadership, you know, she's, she's really, she's really doing oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, both of them, um, a couple of things. When it comes to work, they won't take no for an answer. No, they don't. They don't take no for an answer. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, and and I, you know, uh, other artistic directors, um, I'm sure you've had this experience where you're doing your new play and somehow for some reason, they're trying to make it their new play. Yeah. Because they keep coming in and telling you stuff that don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then you have Peggy and Ed who actually are spending most of their time I'm trying to help you and then leave the room. Yeah. And so it ain't got nothing to do with them. I gotta go, but you call me if you need me. I'll, I'll be right back. Bye. Yep. yep. It, makes, it makes you feel taken care of and that they have invested in the power of what you do. Right. Yeah. There's a trust. Yeah. And that trust is delicious. <laughs> Pass me some of that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that, like, you know, it always works out perfectly. I mean, there's certainly I didn't there were there's like a little tiny change that I definitely want to make um, to the play. I don't, it's not major, right, or anything, but it really took an audience for me. Um, oh, yeah. To, to understand, you know, and so really they just let you get to the point where, okay, what you need is an audience now. So, right, all right, okay. an audience, and then you do mm-hmm. the thing. So, you yeah. know, and no, I had no time to, to to tweak it before because I really had to I had to come back home for surgery. But um, right. But um, yeah, I mean, it was the fact that the fact that she just here. I'm just gonna give you these resources. Oh, what do you need now? Okay, here, take that. Uh, you, yeah. You good? Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. good? Right? How right. are you? Your play like that? Yeah. Those are like her chief concerns. Um, right. Are you getting everything that you need to make this the best play it can be? It's not about, right. not only about like getting butts and seats and, you know, ticket sales and, um, or I don't know, like it's not about trying to commandeer your vision. Like there's none of that. No, no, because it's a, uh, I call it uh, your mama and M attitude. How your mama in now? How your mama in now? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that thing, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Just for like, there's still the the love and the concern, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. But from over here, you know, like. I'll, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, waiting from the porch. Yeah. <laughs> How your mama in now? That's, that's like, damn right. I'm going to get that on a t shirt. <laughs> anyway jesus thank you so much for doing this thank i you really so appreciate it so much it. and is- uh, i am a great admirer of your work it's just phew, i'm gonna say it one time rebecca so <laughs> i said it <laughs> you said it i don't oh think my- i ruined anything <laughs> i conjured her <laughs> <laughs> that woman who you dare not speak her name. Oh, <laughs> don't say three times in the mirror in the dark. No. <laughs> Candy man. Oh, right. um, thank you so much and have a terrific day. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Have a good day, dear. You too. Bye bye. Bye. One of the reviewers who came to see the show this summer, Nicole from DC Theater Arts, said in her review, 
this show is spooky, y'all. And that is literally the best line I have ever read from any theater review ever. And I think it pretty much sums up what Chisa, the production staff, and the performers accomplished this summer. And if you want to hear more about the production, we have another interview with two of the performers in Whitelisted. Kate McCluggage, who played the unmentionable Rebecca, and Valerie Lewis, who played the ghostly apparition of Yvette Franklin. So please make sure you put that episode next in your queue. And as always, we want to give a special shout out to the West Virginia Humanities Council for making this podcast possible. Trent and I love doing this and being able to share this behind the scenes info with you. Get your 2023 Think Ahead passes to be the first to select your performances for the upcoming season. You can do that at catf.org slash thinkahead. And while you're there, explore the rest of CATF's website. catf.org. Follow us on Facebook. CATF at SU. Or connect with us on YouTube and Instagram. At Think Theater. And remember, at CATF, we spell theater with an E-R. And if you're able to, please rate the podcast. We'd love to get some feedback from you as we are moving forward with this series. Thanks again for listening. And remember, if it's not a new play, it's not CATF.